and take us out of the equation. Look what they're saying. I am not a gang member. I am not a gang member. I am not a gang member. If having bad taste in music was a crime, every parrot head in the world would be on the gang list. If the government can target a group of people based on their musical taste, they can target a group of people based on any reason at all. You're making history. We're the good guys here today. If we don't do something about it, who's next? Where would it stop? Without these freedoms, we are not the United States of America. Tom, good morning. Jeff from Las Vegas. Thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Good to see you. Wow. What a, what a, I'm almost speechless from this documentary. I know it's just, it's you know, I've, heard of, I've heard of ISP, you know, I'm a generation X. So I've heard of them a lot. I've heard their music. I've heard their controversy, the most hated band in America. You know, you spent several years with ICP. Are you a changed man uh, in some regards? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been seven years making this movie. I mean, you see, you can see all my gray hair. It wasn't there seven years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the movie, I, uh, Brenda Sanchez and I made the film together. We both directed and produced it. And we had no agenda going into the movie. We actually assumed, wow, well, you know. So the movie is about ICP and their fans, the Juggalos. And there's a million Juggalos. And it's about how the FBI put them on the gang list. Every year they put out a list of gangs, MS-13, Crips, Bloods, Aryan Brotherhood, like the scary, these are, these are clearly gangs. And one year the Juggalos ended up on it. So it's about their fight to get off the gang list. And we assumed going into it that, oh, well, this is the FBI. They don't just arbitrarily gang list uh, one out of every 300 Americans. Um, we're going to find a good reason. And here we are seven years later and we never found one. It turned out it was like an arbitrary designation. There's an unofficial three item checklist for what makes a gang. It's in the movie and the band and their fans maybe check two of the boxes, which by the way, apply to any fan base, any fan of a team, uh, a church group, the boy Scouts. Um, if you're in a group and you have a name, I guess the FBI could consider you a gang. And that was, shocking and surprising to us and uh honestly we went into it thinking like we'll do a couple interviews this is obviously going to get thrown out because it doesn't seem to make any sense and then it just the case kept i mean as you saw in the movie just kept going and going up higher higher uh circuits and it had so many crazy twists and turns that it's just we just kept filming and, you know, and, you know, the, the goal of this movie was to try to clear their name to get them off the gang list. But what about public opinion? I mean, if they even if the FBI came by and said, look, we made a mistake, these guys aren't a gang. But, you know, after years of this drumming this into the public's mind, changing public opinion would probably be far more difficult, except for their million fans. Right. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen a group of uh, fan base or a band that gets worse press than these guys? I mean, every year they get voted the most hated band in the world. It's crazy. And but it affects them, doesn't it? I mean, they I know they're extreme band, but they don't wear that as a badge of honor, do they? They're kind of fed up with it. Uh, I think they used to. Yeah. But when the gang designation happened, essentially. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that this that the first group this ever happened to were ICP and the Juggalos. Um, Juggalos are, did I mention this? Juggalos are a fan of, of Insane Clown Posse for those who are uninitiated. <laughs> uninitiated. Um, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence this happened to them because it was essentially the U.S. government saying it's okay to hate them. They're criminals. 
And I think it also isn't a coincidence because ICP's fans in general, the music speaks to them because they come from rough childhoods, dealing with trauma, dealing with abuse. They tend to be from like small Midwest towns. And I think anytime a group of underrepresented people start to group up and have some power, that's scary to the people that already have power. Um, and I think it's set a really scary precedent. I mean, that's why the ACLU got involved. If this can happen to these people, this can happen to anybody. I mean, here they are 10 years later, well-known band. They have some money to spend on this lawsuit, million fans backing at the ACLU. They haven't gotten anywhere. Imagine if something happened to you or I. And talk about defenders of the First Amendment. You know, ICP is the last group you would think would be championing our First Amendment rights. Right. I mean, it starts out in the beginning and you see it in the film, like they're laughing about it on camera. And they it's they think it's a joke, just like most people. And then, you know, toward the end of the movie, they're marching on Washington with tens of thousands of people, a lot of whom aren't juggalos. And they're giving an amazing speech on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, right where MLK and Forrest Gump did. And it's like uh, it's amazing to see their transformation and how much I mean, they're from Detroit. They're used to fighting for what they believe in and once they decide to fight for it i mean they they don't stop i find it really inspiring it reminds me of larry flint and hustler you know it yeah didn't agree with him but he fought for everybody's first amendment rights and but as a documentary filmmaker tom were you did you get total access did you say that to these guys were there any boundaries you know because you were there recording everything that was happening but did they pull you aside look we're not doing this or this is off limits or I mean, you know, it's been seven years. And it's as you see in the film, we go home with them. We interview Violent J's mom, which nobody had done. A lot of the images you see in the film, nobody's seen because we went through her closets with her and like through the photo <laughs> albums that had been, you know, in the back under like uh, the hamper. Um, I got to say, like the first time we sat down with them to interview, it was after that first press conference. And it was, okay, that press conference was bananas. That was amazing. Let's just sit down and do an interview, hear what you're about. You can kind of see what we're about and decide if we want to do this. And I've never had an interview where the interview subjects were so open. I mean, they answered every question. It was really clear. They weren't trying to spin anything. They were just saying what was on their mind. And I think, I think that's what they do in their music. And that's how they seem to be in real life. So well, you see I mean, them, you see them as characters, right? There, it's like Kiss. I mean, that face makeup is notorious, uh, you know? So I, I always thought that they put that on, their ICP on stage, but then they go home, right? They're just two high school dropouts living the American dream, which became a nightmare, you know? But I just, I, they're, I, it looks like they were trying to say, you know, look, that's a stage persona, you know, even though a lot of it is what we believe in, but is there a fine line between who they are on stage and who they are in real life and your in your seven years with them? I mean, they're playing characters on stage. They don't like go home and they like go hatchet murder people. You know, they've got kids and, you know, you see, we go home with Violent J, the Disney channels on their TV. I don't put right. that on. Um, I don't want to watch the Disney channel. Um, but what they sing about the emotions and the experiences are all the emotions and experiences about the traumas they endured growing up. And that, they say it in the film and I love it. They're like, if this music doesn't speak to you, you're not a juggalo. You're not meant to understand it. If it sounds like garbage, it's not speaking about how you've been hurt. And I think um, 
you know, they're both family guys with kids and they love their families and are, and they work hard and uh, yeah, they play these characters on stage, but the violence is pretend, but I think the, the emotions and the challenges and what they're talking to their audience about is very real in a, in a, and some, sometimes way. fans will take it too far. You know, there's always a few in there that'll, you know, take it, take it further. Sure. I mean, John Hinckley Jr. saw Taxi Driver and shot the president. People hear an Eminem song and have murdered people. I mean, it happens all the time. You take a million of anybody, you're going to find some bad, scary people. You take a million people who, for whom the music sings about violence and trauma, is the number going to be a little higher? Yeah, maybe. Um, but does that make them a gang? I mean, how many gang members wear Dodgers hats to identify themselves or Raiders hats? Or does blue or red. Dodgers? Yeah. Yeah. Does that make everybody who's a fan, everybody in Dodger Stadium a gang <laughs> member? No way. It's never yeah. happened before. Well, you know, Tom, thanks for peeling back the curtain on this group and uh, telling their story. I mean, it's just a fascinating documentary. I enjoyed it immensely. So thanks for joining me today. And it's called The United States of Insanity. So uh, let's talk again soon. Thank you so much. Sounds good. If people want to uh, buy the DVD or check it out, they can go to icpmovie.com. It opens December 10th.